at the center of the great forest, on an island in the sky. The crow, deer, and wolf clans have been training three fearsome warriors from infancy for one purpose, to protect and serve the goddess of Estra. Uh, so how exactly are we going to do that? Protecting the goddess, I mean. Ugh. Fran lies down. Uh, Laika can't answer because she's too busy sniffing both your butts. <gasps> okay, back off, Wolf Clan. This disturbs me, uh, but not to worry, I will instantly repress it. These are the guardians of the goddess. Laika, the tiefling paladin who hails from the Wolf Clan. Nobody's touching one beautiful hair on the goddess's head as long as I'm around. Corbin, a human druid from the Crow Clan. Human! I'm a crow! And Fran, a water genasi wizard of the deer clan. So, like, is there a way to quit this job or what? This unlikely trio will venture forth into an unfamiliar world without knowing who can be trusted against the powerful dark force stalking the steps of their goddess and threatening the future of their world. Tune in every second Monday to Dames and Dragons, a 5th edition D&D actual play podcast. See you then! Players where theatrical people play role-playing games. I'm Matt, I am your compare for this backstage episode of Deja Vu, and I'm here with Dave. Hello! And Ellie. Hello! And Alex. Hello! And Josh. Hello! And all of the various versions of themselves that they brought. <laughs> that was mad. How was that for everyone? Yes, mad, yes. Yeah, mad. Yeah, <laughs> definitely mad. One of the most high-octane, high-danger, high-reward sessions that I've played yeah. in this um, in this game, in this podcast. And indeed any game, I think. Like, we, it was it was hell for leather throughout. It was so pacey. I <laughs> yeah. think the game construct of having, like, unless you roll actually really high when you're going into one of your characters, one of the consequences is that you bring in something that you might not want. <laughs> Um, and that happened a lot. Yeah. So we ended up creating a lot of foes to yeah. fight against. Anyone have anyone really happy to see any particular things come back, or did anyone have big sense of dread when certain things came back? For me, when Captain Ironface turned up, <laughs> it was a dream come true because he was created by chance in the first season, and for him to be finally realised in corporeal form was just brilliant what a deep cut I know yeah. right I know I'm, I'm worried we're up ourselves with this one but you know we're having fun <laughs> I, I, th- I think for me personally just the image of us in that little duck boat on the Thames surrounded yeah. by the, yeah, the, the lava <laughs> yes. with, with the shadows plus Simbank plus Iron Face was just epic in, in my head I was like right we now we now know what we're supposed to do You've you've you haven't had to create foes we've done that ourselves you've plucked them from out of all the stories you've told but ultimately we've brought them in ourselves and so you can just sit back and be like right go on then what do you do (laughs) you don't have to do much explanation we know about sin we know about the shadows we know about you know the captain thought that was very well done 
Yeah. Well, all, I, all I really planned for this sort of plot element setting wise was uh, what what goal you're going to be given, and then I was like, well, I don't need to decide like what are the obstacles in their way because yeah, because they're all just going to come out of mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. out of the mechanics. Yeah. Did you yeah. expect so much to come up at the beginning? Because obviously everybody's got relatively low modifiers with their roll. Did you expect? I do the maths. People are going to be rolling less than a. I, I don't think I don't didn't necessarily expect it to happen. Like literally, bang, 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 three rolls in a row, mm-hmm. to, and all of that to happen all at once. Yeah. So we all tried to do helpful things. Yeah, didn't yeah. We? <laughs> Which I should have anticipated really, because obviously, as soon as somebody's got like some old skills back everybody is going to want yeah Um, yeah. and also as soon as the first foe is in place everyone needs some skills to combat them because ultimately all we need to do was swim across a river and get (laughs) on a boat which we could have I'm sure worked out how to drive but that's no fun we want to you know bring everybody out I'm sorry that we didn't get to bring um, Bing back yeah I I was hoping if if my role for getting Space Dave had gone better we'd have been able to bring Bing back yeah Yeah, he might have been a liability that's true true maybe maybe he'll be back in another session exactly fingers crossed I'm really looking forward to seeing how the others deal with their inherited uh, situation yeah, it's it's an interest been an interesting one to manage. We we had some discussion uh, that you won't have heard on the air uh, near the end of the session here, because so I knew that we were going to run three sessions of this, um, and there was a point where I asked myself, eh, could we do Prospero and Viola again and have three groups all with sort of doing pincer movement and all with parallel goals and then cut it all together? And then I realised that would just be too much. That would, of a hassle that would be like mm. a full time job mm. for six months yeah, yeah. and so. then it would be releasing them would be over the course yeah. of about a year and a half yeah you know, so that's I, a long time to have a season yeah so I decided that it would be sequential and that your your part happens and then it's picked up in a relay by the next yeah. one mm. which meant that we had to get to a point where we were able to smoothly hand over to mm. them but then with the added restriction of not wanting to for you to have to interact with them when they're not here at the table mm. because mm. I think mm. that's kind of creepy to roll oh, what's that, Vicky? Real people. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so there were some sort of parameters and restrictions on how it ended but how, how did that feel for everyone like I said earlier, I love a last stand um, trope in anything. And so the idea about um, being on a ship that's being overridden by enemies that you guys have already fought and that we collectively have all brought to the table is is brilliant. Mm. And it, it it adds a sort of, you know, big action hero ending. And I think it. not having that pressure of we've got to be the ones to wrap it up at this point meant that we had the freedom to be like, well, mm. this is where we finish here mm. but obviously this isn't a finished story mm. so it doesn't need to answer all of the questions yeah. we're contributing to, to the story overall even if we're not you know even if we haven't yeah. wrapped up even if we're not there through to the end we have contributed in some way to the narrative for everybody else to pick up and continue yeah and you have helped them you've put them in a reasonably advantageous situation yeah they know what their that, names are now across their foreheads so. like I made sure there were dice rolls in there so it was very possible that you could have like drop them in a swamp or something but you didn't (laughs) surrounded by pigs and crocodiles (laughs) yeah I think I think we did fairly well yeah I think you did too Um, Josh you managed to use both the sheets that you had on the table yep uh, Alex, you only used one of your five. I used one of my five because loaded the, up the, at the beginning. The, the loaded stuff. up the first one, and it just proved to be massively beneficial <laughs> in pretty much any given situation. So I was like, I'm just not going to change yeah. because the only way that I could have thought that it would have been better was if I was 
um, both my Parallax character and the Ariadne character, but invariably that wouldn't have happened. So I would have lost one at the expense of the other. And I was like, those shadow pets were so helpful. You could have been a robot with psychic powers, though. Yeah, that would have been cool. I could, I could have been that, but... Yeah. Well, you could have been a man that trips over shrubbery and falls I mean, on his face on a knife. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's also that brilliant option. Um, but no, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, just because I got to use powers that I only got at the end of the, mm. the, the first season. So I got to, got to play with them a bit more. Uh, Ellie, you had the most sheets to choose from, and I yeah. think you en- you used more than anybody else. I used right? four. Nice. Yeah. Well nice. done. I was really pleased with that. But yeah, they, I used the three I was keen to do, which was Cloud Skipper, Mosaic, and Amnesty, and then Parallax just proved to be useful at the end. Yeah, mm. they all felt like um, they didn't feel contrived. It didn't. You felt Good. like you used them in order to benefit the story mm. or an obstacle. It wasn't just yeah. you'd be like, yeah, now I'll be this, now I'll be that. Yeah, I think I was definitely being led by the skills and what I knew would be useful, as well as them being fun characters to sort of play. Um, but luckily, I had open, quite clear openings for all of them, apart from the Amnesty one, which was a little bit contrived that there was a lasso with the guns. But I was like, I'm not not finishing this game without <laughs> without being that character again. So, so I, I actually I decided that for myself that like when you wanted to switch to a different character or add in a different character um the only thing i was going to ask for was like tell me what it is about this situation that you're in that reminds you of something that happened in that life mm. and i never had to ask that because you just all did it automatically anyway without mm. oh, uh, lovely. yeah without sort of being prompted for it yeah i think all of the prompts were kind of really organic actually yeah. which was really nice yeah dave had you used what three two space i dave? think just space dave and high stave high stave we didn't need a uh, famous five adventurer at any point <laughs> well, I don't know why <laughs> this is the thing I was sort of worried about with some of those ones is that maybe I'll think about it for the next sessions is what sort of situations can I put people in where some of those less action packed less mm-hmm. violent types of mm-hmm. character archetypes might actually be useful like I sort of try, uh, tried to vaguely set you up to the point where you could have treated that end game of this session as a heist if you'd wanted to mm. yeah mm. you know you've got some people guarded by yeah goons that did occur to, to me mm. but sadly dave and i sort of rolled poorly enough <laughs> and from there on in it was just bands of horses and <laughs> shooting mm. <laughs> yeah it occurred to me that i thought no, that'd be more fun to just just bush our way in with uh, with pure force mm. going back to what you're saying about um uh, certain certain adventures and certain characteristics how you bring them into an action-led story i think it will be a little tricky to bring in um characters that haven't played certainly amnesty and parallax because they are sort of more um more action-led characters so although i got to use both of mine i definitely felt like um you were less proficient at violence than some absolutely (laughs) Mm. i was i was there for the talkie game but you know i'm surrounded by you know the three guys that have got the more action orientated characters so it wasn't wasn't a problem yeah Um, and i'm glad we got to have some of your talky stuff mm. um, that you managed that we did have a bit of trying to talk your way out of things Mm. although the bad role to load that up yeah (laughs) you in a bit of immediate peril (laughs) pickle Yep, um, I'm glad we got to revisit the intensity of uh, Banhoff <laughs> yeah. and Wiles. Yes, that was. I genuinely at points was like, "Is this going to be a sex scene?" <laughs> because it was, it was intense. It was intense. It could have, it could have been. It could yeah. have been. Well, could have been. Was an e robot below the waist? So <laughs> it might have been you, you don't know what attachments he's got down there. <laughs> <laughs> Do I want to find out? <laughs> 
this is the thing. It felt like it felt like both characters were a bit like maybe this is what I want. <laughs> is this is this okay? <laughs> Who knew that Max Wells was a technosexual? <laughs> technosexual, good grief. Any any regrets? Anything that anybody wanted to to do this session that they didn't manage to do? Maybe use more characters, yeah. but I mean the character that I picked just had so much fun yeah. that it seemed kind of all to up greedy to a point <laughs> to be like I'm gonna play another character. It's like, well, no, he seems to be so helpful. Yeah. Mm. It's a, a very much a utility character. It's like, do you want something moved over there? Yes, I can do that. <laughs> and also, protection. You're one of the. Um genre as you said was superhero and you essentially mm. kind of got to play that out a little bit this time so yeah I was essentially Green Lantern yeah yeah. yeah. anybody got any other questions how's it going to end man? <laughs> <laughs> depends on the dice Dave oh, depends, on the play, depends on the players decisions uh, did it go how you thought it would I think I ask you this every time or it's asked every time mm. when, when you come into this mm. you've got a book full of ideas and a brilliant brain full of scenarios and yet the four of us wander in and <laughs> oh what's this hello throw oh go, let's get in a frog boat <laughs> <laughs> let's ruin everything how, how, how did it work out for my, my only expectation for this was that it was going to be bonkers mm. and like out of control from minute one and I think we got that so I'm yeah. happy yeah, I think that yeah, was definitely achieved. Good. Definitely achieved. It was sort of comforting to know what our goal was, mm. and without all the obvious obstacles that we knew were going to pop up, it's a fairly straightforward mm. thing. Yeah. Mm. Find the ship, get to the ship, extract the people. So it was so freeing to be in a, a seemingly simple boundary of, of that narrative. Yeah, when everything around you is complete chaos, it's helpful to have that. Yeah. Like, what are we driving towards? Yeah, yeah. And we said in in one of the breaks that the having that kind of chaos at the start meant that you didn't have to focus too hard on what would happen if I was suddenly a different person because you had a goal that you were straight away trying to work towards. So, in terms of like playing the characters and interacting with each other in different mm. ways, you mm. didn't have to really worry about that too much. No, and Errol made it clear that none of us were going to be super perturbed by the changing. <laughs> mm. So, we didn't have to spend time going, My hands feel weird. What is this dress I'm wearing? Who are you? I think we all had a nice, the first time we changed, we all had a nice, like, what's going on um, yeah. moment. And yeah. then obviously it just moves on yeah but it, it was really fun to role play because I've realised you know half those characters I personally haven't played with yeah. so now you're you know role playing against an insane ship's cook <laughs> <laughs> yeah you were quite perturbed by that character <laughs> I liked it I really liked it I mean the change is is mark, more marked when there's a voice change yeah, yeah. Mm. which yeah. I really struggle to get into <laughs> It's hard when no one else is doing it. Yeah, there were definitely some uh, non-player characters whose voices I forgot how to do. <laughs> you could do some interesting side-by-sides of yeah. original, <laughs> original voice versus today's voice. Yep, uh, but I think it'll be fine. It's great, mm. really great. I think it's a, a really brilliant idea and well executed. Thank yeah, you, Matt. fabulous stuff Thank as always. You. Yeah, you've done I'm really glad you well. think that because it would have been uh, many years, <laughs> like mm. several years of time that's been building up to this. Mm. Wouldn't have been wasted because each session in itself is self-contained yeah. and still fun. 
Um, but yeah, it's nice that it seems to be wrapping up nicely. Yes, mm. good culmination. Mm-hmm. How do you? Sorry, last question because I know it's going to be. <laughs> Look at this, curious this, children. I am there. very curious because <laughs> obviously we're going to be leading into the next <laughs> season from this episode, presumably. <laughs> How do you think the next season is going to go? Uh, as in the, the uh, Vicky and the Chris's. Uh, yeah. The four Chris's, yeah. yeah. Act, oh, yes. the four Chris's. Act two. How? Yeah. Do you think it's going to be just as action packed, or is I, it going to be? I suspect it will be quite action packed to start, and there might be a bit more talky potentially if if they actually achieve what they're aiming towards. Mm. Ah, they're going to meet the wizard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they meet the wizard, as it were. Uh, then they might have to do a bit more negotiation and a bit less shooty shooty. But we'll see. Mm. It's kind of up to them. Amazing. Exciting. Can't wait. Amen to that. Thank you all very much for playing uh, in this and the previous nine seasons. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having us. Mm, Always. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. I am round the table backstage with Vicky... Oh, hello. <laughs> I didn't realize I was just say hello. I was just going to do the names. Uh, with Starkey. Bonjour. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, with Chris. Hello. And with special guest star Ellie. Hello. Yay. Playing Nia in this part of the season. Yes. How was the, this session for everyone? Awesome. It was good. It was tough, though. Mm. Yeah, Intense. It was hard. The difficult Action second packed. album, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have... I've taken a very collaborative approach to storytelling with this uh, with this story we've all been weaving together, and uh, now is when all of the contributions I have been inviting from various different quarters all come together, and we have to write ourselves out of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, we had a sort of uh, we didn't do it on air. We did a little bit of a sort of debate about what what we were going to do, which felt almost um, like I was getting similar vibes to Amnesty because uh, there was a part in Amnesty where nobody was quite sure what to do, and we had to have a bit of a discussion about like what was the the right thing to do in the situation, who wanted to do what, what were the priorities. I got a little bit of that feeling. Did you feel that, Ellie? Uh, yeah, although it was less about who wants to do what, it was more about like this is a problem we need to solve mm-hmm. because yeah. narratively. It, it was like, okay, well, these are the things that we've made up on the spot so far. <laughs> yeah, now we need to make it all fit together. Yeah, and yeah. to come to some kind of uh, solution and a handover point for the next yeah, group as that well. that was the hardest thing. Because we, in theory, we could have solved it. Yes. When we, when we got to you, explained what happened, and you could have been, oh, blah, 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 I can solve this in seconds. Now I know yeah. the problem. Yeah. It was making a mission for the next yeah. team to deal with. Well, and what we could also have been doing is just trucking along and interacting with Neo and then interact, you know, and then carrying on further interactions if we were just rolling through a story and seeing where it took us. But I think that thing of trying to get to an end mm. result meant that we were then like oh actually we need to really think about this carefully rather than just going let's do a thing and see where the thing takes us because that could have had us going around and around yeah around in circles so yeah i think that's it, it made sense to stop and just sort of talk through some options and then i think we actually ended up with sort of a combination of a few of them which we wouldn't have got to i think if we'd have just been playing it out without stopping yeah and, and which we wouldn't have got to if it had just been like me for instance deciding what the right solution was and guiding you towards it like that's why i wanted it to be something that we all contribute something to but also out of that i think we've made 
a really fun thing for the next guys to do. <laughs> I hope as so. Well. Like, mm. I think they're going to have a really good time solving the problem. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll have a good time doing it. Yeah. And I knew we were going to have that kind of, that discussion, almost like the philosophical portion of this, this mm. part of the story. So I wanted to make sure that there was enough kind of fun action stuff to do on either side of it. Mm. Which we did. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, did everybody get to use all of their profiles? Every single one. <laughs> oh, yes. Impressive. Um, I only used um, three of them, but they were the three that I was most keen to revisit, really. Great. I felt that the other two were like not necessarily going to bring a huge amount to the... There was one point where I thought I might use Ariadne Vicky for something that involved strength, but a lot of the time that's not like... Parallax Vicky can solve that problem anyway much more yeah. neatly. Mm. What was the other character that you didn't go for? Uh, Violet Vicky. Ah, uh, okay. Because I did not have oh, a lot to bring eels. to the table other than <laughs> fighting eels and falling down. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if there'd been a conger eel, though, you know. <laughs> she'd have been it right in. I was glad I got to use my um, bonus character at the end, but uh, exactly what I thought would happen. Happened, I fluffed the minus one roll and it just made things so much After worse. so many great rolls as well, yes. like, you've rolled some big numbers on the low stake stuff. But that was great because without that, without that roll, uh, all of you, all you'd have got to do with that character is like maybe mow through some of Geetra's goons. Oh, that's way, true, actually. And press a button. And yes. I have got my fourth character either, so yeah. I very much appreciated that. Oh, so I guess it did work out then. Yeah. It always works out for the best. With switching between your characters, did you find that you were influenced to make a change by something that happened in the story that triggered you to go, ooh, that reminds me of this character, yeah, I could do that for, now? Yeah, mostly, yeah, yeah. Or were you sort of a little bit shoehorning, like, oh, I want oh. to make sure I can do this character? No, I was. I think I was a little bit going like, oh, this is a bit like when this happened in this story, so this would be a useful, or... Well, the only time yeah. I sort of like went into a new character was right at the very beginning when I went from Five Stage of Rescue, Chris, or Starkey, to... Sir Starkey when Vicky got shot I was like right I need someone who can actually do something (laughs) (laughs) all I've got is a hammer and a nightcap and (laughs) so I got I got the psychic grenade out then right that wasn't like necessarily narrative focus but you were looking for a toolkit that another character had yeah Yeah. so we did a bit yeah definitely a bit of both which I thought was was good and um I think Chris really used the full range of like you did a lot of cons, mate. <laughs> yeah, he well, so many people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was I kind of sort of painted into a corner there. You know, if if you've got stats for brains and wiles and a, a con move, then everything looks like a someone who needs to be conned. Yeah, really. yeah. it's brilliant. It was so good. <laughs> That's how I look at life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at the beginning, we were sort of the space wizard the spy and the con man that's very cool uh, yeah and we actually felt like it worked quite well as a kind of set of skills it was really good able to solve most problems within that range I think there's a Netflix series yeah we thought so or at least a walks into a bar joke Mm. (laughs) I'm glad that we got uh, I I enjoyed your responses to some of the uh, non-player characters who came back this time yeah um, I'm glad I got to do Bing's voice yes. again. Yes, oh, I was really pleased to catch the tail yeah. end of Bing. Yeah, no, that was it. That was really it for Bing. <laughs> what those like two lines? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That oh, was it man. for Bing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Starkey, you finally got to 
score a point on Kath and Enid. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> oh, yes. That was satisfying. <laughs> oh, I hated those toys. Confusingly, as Deckrat Starkey. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Who was oh, better yeah. equipped to do that, I feel. Oh, yeah. Rescue Starkey was dreadful at most things. He was just very clucky. Yeah. <laughs> he was happy to give it a go. <laughs> Poor yeah. execution. Yeah. Hit himself in the face with a hammer, I see. <laughs> oh, that is true. Um, I really like that we had my Tempest um, Parallax oh, character yeah. come back as something that was like resolved that storyline about what if I use my power for the proto matter drive too much and it starts to strip away my humanity and that there's like a. So it was almost like playing a new character in a way, which was quite yeah. nice. Yeah, ever since we put that plot point in, I've been like, ooh, I really want to follow that up. And yeah. like, now's the time. So. Yes, yes, because if it led to my ultimate destruction, that would have been okay. That was great. Mm. Um, Ellie, how did it feel revisiting Nia? It's, it's been quite a while since we recorded uh, with that character. Yeah, yeah a long time. Uh, I felt rusty <laughs> and wooden, so you can enjoy that. It doesn't. Yeah, I don't, oh, I don't, I don't think it goes that way. Um, there were lots of trees, but you weren't wooden. Oh, thank oh, you. She's she's um she's tricky because she's uh, like a I feel like she's a more rounded human than the characters that I'm like weirdly playing a version of myself feels easier because I go oh it's Ellie but with a focus mm-hmm. on this yeah. therefore like less of a real person. Um, whereas playing near, I'm trying to play a whole other person that's yeah. not me. Mm-hmm. And she's less of an archetype, I think, as well. Like, that's yeah. what we're doing is leaning into. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, you've got these really high brain stats. Yes. So you're like, right, yeah. I'm going to do brainy stuff. Yeah, she doesn't have stats. She doesn't, um, yeah. And she has, like, an original life that she lived, but then she lived loads of other lives as well. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it was hard trying to decide what her real motivations were um, versus what her personality's been like before and how that would mean she was executing her plans and her will. Um, well, thank you for taking on the challenge. Anyway. Oh, it was fun. Thanks for putting it in there. I, I, I think it's interesting seeing her exist with the other characters. Yeah, because we've only existed, yeah. her, the two of them. Yeah, Nia and Marlo were so yeah. separate that it's it's funny having them with people who are characters who have comedy elements actually because Marlo and Nia are not really there are only a couple of points it where laughs. it's like funny stuff <laughs> happened but yeah. it wasn't like it was such a weird situation that it wasn't it didn't happen. yeah well they were constantly in crisis yeah exactly yeah, in so a different that, way to, yeah. to, to the other um, <laughs> stories that we've had because I when I started the podcast um, I knew I wanted this kind of finale where we kind of tie everything back together again and revisit old storylines and that, and that kind of thing. But what I was struggling with was like, wh- who is the antagonist? Not necessarily the villain, just the mm, antagonist, yeah. the people whose goals you're kind of butting up against. And then <laughs> I was down the front in a church's concert and decide and realized I don't have to come up with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can have you make your own antagonists. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. and we will gladly do that. Yeah. And I think it's worked out pretty well. It's great. It's, it's definitely like it feels kind of scrappy, but I like how we've managed to fit the pieces together, and I like that it wasn't planned out rigidly from yeah. the start. I mm. like that it's come together a bit more. I, I feel like it is a testament to like 
your um, facilitation of storytelling, but also our ingenuity as players to be able to make those disparate pieces. Like you take the ingredients, it's like ready, steady, cook and go, <laughs> what delicious meal can we make with these bits and pieces that all have to be true? Because we had that problem today. Yeah, I think that's that was what our big breakout discussion for me yeah. was I was mostly thinking, okay, if all these things are true, then the solution we come up with has to keep those things yeah. as true because mm. I, I really hate it when you get to the end of a story and they go and it's all neatly tied up in a bow and then you go no look plot hole plot hole plot hole (laughs) none of that works you've just completely gone against that really essential rule you put in place exactly Um, so I'm hoping that we've come up with something that at least adheres to the most important rules that we put in place yeah Yeah. I mean the thing about doing it this way is we have to keep it all straight in our heads and I'm Mm. I'm trying to explain it in the way that that I have found to make sense of it and that doesn't necessarily make sense (laughs) to everybody else and everybody's got kind of their own take on, on what what the actual kind of meaning of things is and how all the pieces fit together but you know that's that's collaborative stuff that's devising yeah Yeah. absolutely it's an epic it's an epic for the ages Matthew (laughs) I'm excited to see what the next group will do with that as like a jumping off point as well because just because we've said this is the way you have to solve the problem mm. doesn't actually mean that they have to follow no. it through at all. Or that they'll succeed. Or, or yeah. that they'll succeed, yeah. or that, yeah, that they might yeah, like, you, decide you, to try. Like. You all had a hard job in that I gave you all the job of, like, come up with the, yeah. the plan. Yeah. But they've got the hard job of they have to wrap this whole thing up. Yeah. They have to be the ending. So, yeah, yeah we'll see how that all shakes out. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah, I'm excited. Can't wait to hear it. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you all very much again for playing. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Round the table with me are our closing out cast. Hello, Helen. Hello. And Strat. Hello. And Ellen. Hi. And Natalie. Hello. Thank you all. We are all exhausted, having literally just finished the recording of the last session of Deja Vu. Uh, This is sort of a culmination of ten ten seasons of of stuff we've created. Uh, Anybody got any lingering questions? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you happy? <laughs> I'm happy. Pleased with how this, this, this has all panned out. I know we've overspoken, you didn't have exact plans, but like we did your proud map. You you surprised me, which was what I needed Excellent. and Good. wanted. Good. <laughs> did you, I, I can't remember, you might have said this earlier off air, to, and the audience might know already, um, Sim's involvement as the big bad, did that develop from what the others had in mind, or did you have that in mind to start with? It developed from what the others Yeah. Did uh, mm. what uh, Vicky and the Chris's did in their <laughs> session? Um, They're a smart bunch. Yeah, he sort of got involved from the start. I think he, maybe the second or third character change role was Dave loading up uh, pilot Dave from Parallax, mm. and he rolled a fail, and Sim got into the vessel that they were mm. in. So he was there right from the very beginning of the story, but he wasn't the big bad mm. until. Vicky and the Chris's and Eliasnia made him the mm. big bad. Nice. But it just Absolutely makes cool. sense, right? Yeah. If you're doing a, a thing where there's versions of reality and time skipping, then a, a big, powerful entity that already has dealt with the, versions of reality. Yeah. Mm. I have a similar question about Errol, because <laughs> when I was listening to the first few series before I was involved in um, in, in the podcast, 
I I loved the appearance of Errol because I think everybody does that kind of waiting. Is that going to be? Oh, it's Errol. <laughs> and I wondered whether his importance grew over time or whether he was always going to be something pinnacle right through the end. So he was always going to be a common thread mm, okay. uh, and like a hint that the different stories that you play through are, are connected in some way. Mm. I think it's like the first time, obviously he's just a character in season one, but then when he appears in, for the first time in season two, mm. um, and we, te- we took a moment to say, and you know him, but you don't know mm. him. And like, I wanted that to be a clear signal that something wider is going on, mm. but I, I just wanted it to be little hints. I didn't want it to be one of these things where feel, people feel like they have to listen to every single season to understand what's going on I think probably this latest season you probably (laughs) might not make a lot of sense (laughs) if you haven't listened to the rest Uh, but it's kind of a reward for people who have Mm. listened to everything or an incentive to listen to more if you haven't Mm. totally I love I just loved him as as the first signifier because he was a comic character and at first sort of ineffectual um (laughs) he was fun it was just like a, a kind of a quirky thing but he popped up every time and then that almost became quite sinister and grew <laughs> and it became bigger and then it the fact that it represented the whole kind of matrix I just thought that was really cool I really like that mm. yeah yeah because he sort of his role in a lot of the seasons the, like, the reason that he's not very competent mm. is because he is always something I can have up my sleeve for if you if you roll too low yeah it can be Errol messes something up and makes problems for everyone because mm-hmm. he's always there <laughs> No, he's great. Yeah, thankfully he didn't cause us too many problems in this one. Yeah. <laughs> the most helpful he's been, I think. Yeah, yeah actually. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Well, you know, he did one thing right, which was bring all of you together and decide that yeah. to pin his hopes on all of you. Yeah. I think he had uh, run out of options. <laughs> <laughs> See <you> team. <laughs> was there anything you would have liked to have brought in on a fail that you didn't get to across mm. any of the, the series. Shall I consult my list? Oh, oh, yes. Yes. Beautiful oh pull back the curtain, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nicking that book today. Yeah, that, for those, I don't know if, if they've covered it at all, but for those listening at home, if you don't know, Matt has a notebook full. It is it's basically, it's about two thirds full of notes. It's from, a Bible. It's, yeah, and I am intrigued to yeah. read it all. This is, this is notes from everything from, what was the first season I started noting in this one? Uh, there's another one. Yeah, there's a there's another one for earlier stuff. Uh, upstaged was the first oh, one I planned in here. That's just from upstaged. Yep. Wow. Um, but yeah, I would have liked to bring Mosaic back. She yeah, got, she got splattered, but as we've established, there are ghosts. Um, I partly <laughs> didn't bring her back because Chris, who splattered her, didn't actually get to sit at the table and play. She would have been something I could have brought back to haunt him with yeah Mm. Um, but also because her thing was kind of this like technologically enabled mind control Mm. she could have had a lot of common ground with sim yeah i reckon yeah Mm. so that could have been interesting Mm. Um, other than that i brought back a pretty much most of the stuff that i was hoping to get to uh oh we didn't bring we didn't get evangeline we didn't. Yeah, really. I decided to haunt you with Lord Edmund Thorne instead. <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> but I love, like, we, again, we said this off air, but I love that out of all of the 
kind of the genres and and everything that, that's been like so big and dramatic the the ones that actually truly were the the semi big bads or the ones from upstage <laughs> yeah. yeah and the stuff that we actually end up using to fight with were theatrically based <laughs> which yeah. is just great and nobody expected that i didn't plan it but no. it just it felt so right mm. <laughs> that's almost like with theatrical people playing role play. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there in the tagline how could we not <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have been satisfied if there'd been you know if you'd just beaten the big bad to death or shot it or whatever but i love that we brought it back mm. to theater at the end i just i think that just shooting it a lot would have been unsatisfactory in some way yeah you know? I, yeah i defined it in my head that physical violence mm. wouldn't work mm-hmm. against against sim yeah yeah um, that seems pretty likely mm. so that that means that i had decided to handicap myself <laughs> at that point um, you did a lot of damage elsewhere i did yeah. a lot of damage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i think i yeah i think i felt what you said that there'd been enough and I agreed with it. So, yeah, I took the cue from there. That was nice. Yeah. Um, anything that any of you wanted to do or, or thought you might get to do that you feel like you didn't? I'll tell you some stuff that, I, that didn't happen that I'm actually quite glad didn't. Okay. But in, as stuff was happening in my head, I was like, oh, no, this could happen. <laughs> as soon as Strat had the realisation that uh, Stratos was kind of weak to suggestion mm. and I had this image of oh no he's going to replace one of the the, the anchors yeah. and become an anchor mm. and we're going to have to kill Strat <laughs> I did worry on the fail that finally brought Sim back that yeah. that was the yeah. fail you were going to use to skewer me with that one yeah but. that would have been that would have like three times is a is a deliberate motif mm. isn't it yeah. <laughs> if you'd, if you'd died again <laughs> yeah. but yeah like at that point I was just looking for ways to get Sim yeah. properly on mm. the scene yeah. so it were like that was a gift to me I was not going to look it in the mouth and do something else so mm-hmm. you avoided dodge that bullet yeah uh, I'm quite frustrated with my rolling on the um, changing motivation because I'm, when I had that realisation that from the upstaged mm. gameplay mm. that was a move that I could make and we had these people who were anchors allianced to the big bad <laughs> and I rolled like two I was like no it was such yeah. a pivot point and it really, goes, it really goes to show how much these stories do turn on the dots oh yeah because yeah. if you'd persuaded them the outcome would have been so different yeah my big backup plan if if everything had gone to poop was <laughs> that I was going to try and use that move again but but on Sim. On Sim himself. <laughs> and I was like, I don't have enough power. I was going to have to get all of the help. But it was an idea that yeah. Yeah. Change, change his, its, hers motivation. Yeah. But yeah. didn't need to. It was, it, back home now. it was strange how that being the, the most mundane game, that that ability mm. in this situation was really one of the more powerful ones mm-hmm. um, that that we had kind of up our, up our totally. sleeves. Um, I couldn't roll for it. Or yeah, bodging. I thought I was just useless. Like. But the bodging you did was absolutely yeah. crucial. Oh, yeah. The, when you pulled it off yeah. the lights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, mm. thanks. Can't make a cup. <laughs> but you can create some lights to help yeah. destroy a multidimensional being. So. We'll get yeah. you a cup. That's okay. Thanks. Like, that was the, the pivot of the plan, right? If you hadn't have done that... We wouldn't have had that plan. Thank mm. you. I mean, I appreciate that. I don't know yeah. if it's true, but I appreciate. No, it wasn't. you doing that was what gave me the idea. Yeah. So if cool. you hadn't, if that hadn't happened, yeah, oh, good. 
good. Good for us. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Good. And again, like, like Helen said before, is your kind of, you know, there's been too much violence. We need to try and persuade them. Like, I yeah. it was nice. Cool. Absolutely. Cool. Mm. Did any, anyone else have, like, plan Bs or stuff that they had in the backs of their heads to, to try once they got an opportunity that, that, like, circumstances shifted and you didn't need to do it anymore? There was, there was a tickling in the back of my head about the whole uh, what is what is real and what is not, right, mm-hmm. that I'd started out with. And I was like, I feel like if I'd have just rocked up and tried that on Sim, that would have been boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that had allowed it to work, that would have been too easy and too boring. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, don't even bother trying it. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and if it doesn't work, then... It doesn't work like what I guess would the a, consequence of that be. There's a, there's a similar thing where um, I think what, when I first explained how this season was going to work to Strat, and Strat realised that one of his characters could explain weird phenomena away, I was like, well, I need to make a contingency plan for if he just tries to explain away the whole situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. No. I would have let you do if you'd wanted to. That's that's the exact reason why I didn't. <laughs> so, Matt is too too nice and generous a GM to, to just shut, to say no, it's always going to be a yes and. I, I made sure that I had at least a vague contingency plan for if you did it and succeeded. I which, know what it was. <laughs> which could have been along the lines of I'm trying to think of an example in in media. And I feel like there's there's examples in various things. But like you know when people in stories go back and like change something hmm. in the past and then they end up in like a weird version. Mm. Like a weird yeah, butterfly effect, mm. like twisted version of their yeah. lives so it could have gone quite existential at that point we could have oh, been cranky. having like everything seems normal but you know that something is wrong like, <laughs> you've explained away the universe being destroyed but it's kind of just you holding it together yeah kind mm. of thing so yeah it could have had again could have had quite a different story if you'd attempted it yeah i didn't i yeah i didn't want i wanted to handicap myself there because again <laughs> that seemed like too much of a of an easy thing like i've got this guys i'm gonna do gonna roll 110 we go home with great power yeah. comes great i had although i did have a lot of uh, like little like little ways i could use it to explain away like smaller things mm. like what happens if tentacles hit people or if i would just like Mm-hmm. do like I, w- I always wanted to use that in reaction to something happening mm-hmm. rather than uh, like uh, an offensive oh, sure. yeah. that's kind of how I defined it to myself so I didn't just come walking in and go you're not there and you're not there <laughs> that would have been weird I know what I was going to ask you about the um what what questions do we have? Uh, the the blue crystalline structure mm. stuff right we never really dug into that and I realised that I'd said that I was going to try and get my gun to replicate that when I was oh, shooting yeah. uh, catastrophe. catastrophe. <laughs> Not calamity. Not calamity, <laughs> catastrophe. Um, and then I actually, when I did the roll, I was so excited that it went well that I actually yeah. forgot to include that and mention sort of it. forgot about it, yeah. Yeah, so what in your head was the blue crystalline stuff and how did you imagine that? So that's actually, it's a callback to Parallax Inverted. Right. It's sort of, it's just like a signifier of the fact that Sim is making stuff. Okay. Basically, um, like that season had us, uh, we, we got attacked by blue crystalline stuff, mm. and also like the center of the universe was a blue crystalline cube mm, that we right, had to yeah. like tunnel our way into. I so, hadn't quite made that. Yeah. Is that what the blocks underneath that you described were as well? Or was yeah, that- so that was like his 
simulated versions of those realities, basically. Mm. So uh, all I wanted to get across with that was the the idea that he's sort of spread. Mm. Mm. Um, and sure. that he's not necessarily just concentrated in one place. But still, like, if you take out the... The way that you took him out means that he would intentionally dismantle everything. Mm. Because he's so ashamed of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> we booed him to defeat. Yeah. <laughs> so Shamed him to death. <laughs> oh, I have a question I had. What was, if there was any, Sim's motivation? So he was, mm. like, he was born out of a like a surveillance and prediction program. Mm-hmm. So like he the way I think of it is his 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 original purpose was to like scan everything existent in existence and then simulate it so that they can so they like the people who created him can predict what's going to happen next. Right, okay. And he got like mutated by exotic energies and then got became sentient, got carried away, started like simulating, uh, like his simulations became something more, became mm. like whole realities in, in themselves. And I think he probably thought that. In fact, I did have a, a think about this that like there was a there was a way this story could have gone where you might have had some sort of negotiation with Sim, mm. where the case he might have made is that he's actually helping solve the problem by creating these simulated realities that are more stable than the one that's flying apart. Mm. So there was a possibility of like um, a solution where you could have sided with him instead of with Nier and Marlow. Mm. And his solution would be like, back everybody up into my simulated version of reality while you reboot the rest. Mm. Wow. So that was a possibility. So that, you know, there's a version of, of this where he's the good guy. <laughs> <laughs> or he certainly saw himself that way, or saw a way that he could, like... And it sort of even tied in with the stuff that you all came up with, that he is as affected by everything tearing apart as everybody else is. Mm. So, of course, he would have a contingency plan mm. for that. Cool. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what's next, Matt? <laughs> uh, I think we're going to all decide that. Uh, by the time audience hears this, hopefully we will have decided it, and it will be queued up. But it's going to be something a bit different. Yeah. Something, something that hopefully keeps the good parts of what we're doing and enhances other parts. But uh, if you're listening to this... Hopefully by this point I will have already told you what's coming next <laughs> in the intro to another episode. We'll see. How funny even this is timey-wimey. <laughs> yep. Thanks for the heads up, future Matt. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, this what everything we've done so far, like I kind of had a, a uh, an idea and like an endpoint in mind, and I want whatever we do next to be a bit more something that we all come up with. So whatever shape it is, it'll be a bit more of a, a collaborative effort and a bit more just, a bit less just my vision. <laughs> it's been a bloody good vision. Yeah, so. I don't know how you came up with it. <laughs> Bravo. Yeah. Picking, up, picking up and running, like having some ideas at the start and then picking up and running with things that other people came up with and also... Like when I ran out, ran out of ideas, going, I'll just let somebody else come up with something to plug that gap. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah. done, everyone. All right. Well, thank you all very much. <laughs> thank for, you. Thank you for all of your work over 
with your, your play over many seasons. Cheers to Matt. Cheers to Matt. To the company, to the ensemble, to the story. <laughs> You've been listening to Merely Role Players. In this season, you'll hear Ellie Pitkin, Alex Pankhurst, Josh Yard and Dave, Chris Starkey, Chris Buxy and Chris, Helen Stratton, Ellen Gould, Natalie Winter and Strat, all playing various versions of themselves, along with special guest appearances by Ellie Pitkin as Nia and the Space Jam Continuum podcast's Chris McLennan as Candice. I'm Matt, and I edited and produced the season, wrote and performed the theme music, and designed and ran the game we're playing. Like most of our games, this one's powered by the apocalypse. You can find more games in this genre at apocalypse-world.com pbta. If you enjoy Merely Roleplayers, let us know with a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you do your listening. You can also find us on Twitter at Merely Roleplay, at facebook.com slash Merely Roleplayers, and at merelyroleplayers.com. Merely Role Players is an independent production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Join us for more drama next episode.